welcome to another episode of the Dutch Angle Chronicles podcast. I am your host, Samantha De La Heron. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, this episode will be on the genius of Wes Anderson, but before we get into that, I gotta give you the answer to last week's riddle. So, I believe the riddle was, what do you have to break before you use it? And the answer is an egg. So, there you go. An egg is what you have to break before you can use it. Alright, so we are discussing the genius of Wes Anderson. Um, some people may not consider him a genius, but I think I do. So, let's just see what we're going to be talking about today. So, we're going to be talking about who exactly Wes Anderson is, some feature films he has made, why he's considered to be a film genius or an auteur, sometimes that's what they're called, his typography, his characters, like color palettes, symmetry, um, and just a lot of things that I've seen in his films that are um, common and multiple that I have noticed. And we're going to be talking about my favorite Wes Anderson movie. And that's going to about wrap up this episode. So why don't we get right into it. So who is Wes Anderson? Well, he was born May 1st, 1969 in Houston, Texas. He's a Taurus. Don't know if anyone's interested in the astrology, but there we go. Oh, I'm a Pisces, by the way, (laughs) but he's a Taurus. Um, He attended the University of Texas, and this is where he met Owen Wilson. So he made some short films with Owen Wilson and his brother Luke Wilson, and they made the short film Bottle Rocket in 1993. They entered it at the Sundance Film Festival and got the funding to make a full-length version of Bottle Rocket. It wasn't very commercially popular, but it received a very big cult following and it brought Wes Anderson to the attention of a lot of audience members. He went on to make a lot of movies with Owen and Luke Wilson, which we will get into in a moment. Some films he's made is Isle of Dogs, which came out in 2018, The Grand Budapest Hotel, 2014, Moonrise Kingdom in 2012, Fantastic Mr. Fox in 2009, The Darjeeling Limited in 2007, The Life Aquatic in 2004, The Royal Tenenbaums in 2001, Rushmore 1998 and Bottle Rocket 1996. I have seen The Isle of Dogs, The Grand Budapest Hotel, Moonrise Kingdom, and I just recently watched The Royal Tenenbaums. And if you are interested, all of those, I believe all of those. Maybe not Isle of Dogs, but the other three, and I believe Rushmore and maybe The Life Aquatic (laughs) are on Prime Video. Um, that's where I watched the Royal Tenenbaums, and, um, I've seen Moonrise Kingdom and Grand Budapest Hotel before, um, but I refreshed my memory and watched them recently, which is kind of what made me want to do this episode on Wes Anderson, and I've seen Isle of Dogs in the theater when it came out a couple years ago, and I loved it. I'm not usually a fan of, uh, Claymation, because the Tim Burton movies always freaked me out a little bit, um, but I didn't mind Isle of Dogs, I, I really liked it in the Wes Anderson, uh, type style. Moving on, why is he considered a film genius or an auteur? Well, he is a master of symmetry, and almost every single shot is centered with a background full of symmetrical pieces, whether that be with set design or with people. And you can totally notice this if you pay attention, and it just makes for such a unique look that I feel like not a lot 
of people and indie filmmakers have, and which is why I really do like Wes Anderson's style. He loves playing around with color palettes, both bright and muted. Some examples of those would be The Life Aquatic, which features blue and orange shades. The Grand Budapest Hotel uses pinks, blues, and purples to tell the story. And Moonrise Kingdom brings natural tones like greens and browns and oranges to life, in my opinion. <laughs> I came across an article by Hannah Schmidt-Reese from Perspex.com, and she says, Anderson uses color as a way to explore adult concepts in a childlike and fantastical way. Any confrontation between characters or personal downfalls are enveloped in bright colors and rich hues. Creating worlds that combine childlike wonder with adult reality is a signature aspect to Anderson's work. Cotton candy skies and bright yellow interiors contrast with the hollow and melancholic storylines and character interactions. Once again, that was Hannah Schmidt-Reese from Perspex.com. Now getting into his typography, I really do enjoy all of the different typefaces that he uses for the different films uh, titles. Apparently he's a big fan of old Italian movies and that inspired him to use the Futura font as a tribute. You can see this everywhere in his films from the Grand Budapest Hotel, Um, I believe the Royal Tenenbaums has this also. It's all over the place. I can totally see the connection between old Italian movies like The Godfather, not as much but kind of, and just really nice old films that my grandfather loves to watch. I can totally see that font coming back as a tribute in his films now. Another thing that makes him a genius is his characters. They're almost exclusively childlike adults like Royal and Margot from the Royal Tenenbaums, or adult-like children like Sam and Susie from from Moonrise Kingdom. Royal and Margot, even though Margot (laughs) would always smoke even since she was like 11 years old, um, they would be very, very childlike in their adult age. Like, Royal was very irresponsible and kind of carefree and lied a lot, and he enjoyed just being in the moment and not really thinking about consequences too much, especially when it came to his children. And Margot just kind of said what she thought, but also kept secrets, (laughs) and she would hide in the bathroom and um, just kind of be like a little kid and I guess it kind of makes sense with the trauma she went through as a child as all of them did in the household that royal kind of left them in. And Sam and Susie even though they're only I think 12 or 13 in Moonrise Kingdom they run away together because they just hate their lives and they're so serious all the time and they (laughs) they go and they're just like oh did you pack this and this this is for if we get attacked or this is (laughs) my gun that I brought with us and I have music and books and um, they danced together on the beach, and it was just so funny. They were just trying to be like adults, and they were only 12 or 13 years old. Now let's talk about some common visuals in his films. I noticed this a lot, um, and these are just things that I, uh, kind of noticed. Um, so let's just talk about that. There's always, always, always a character with their nose buried in a book. And I know that, uh, Wes Anderson is a big fan of books and turning books into movies. Um, there's a lot of book motifs in, um, all of his films, and I just noticed that some character always has their their nose in a book. 
there's always at least one character smoking. Always, always, always. I don't think in Isle of Dogs, I don't remember. I haven't seen it in a couple years, but I'm pretty sure none of the dogs smoked. But still, I think there were people, and I think one of the people smoked, I swear. I've also noticed that characters rarely talk over one another, so they only talk in succession. So it's like, did you do this today? Pause. Yes, I did do that today. How are you? Pause. And then it goes back to the other person. Only when absolutely necessary does he have them talk over one, one another or interrupt each other, which I thought was really interesting. Notes, letters, book excerpts and a lot of other things are shown to the audience up close as a picture or a video or some sort of typography on the screen and it's just like a little snippet to showcase like evidence like here is a photo of the letter that was found in um sam's tent and like here you go audience this is exactly what it looks like and i thought that was really interesting and it is really unique to wes anderson a lot of the time when characters pause, the camera also pauses and then continues with them. And I've noticed this a lot when characters are walking, like especially in Moonrise Kingdom when you see um, the like scouts, uh, the scoutmaster, he's walking through the, um, their, uh, what's that called? <laughs> like tent area. He's walking through the entire thing. He, when he stops, the camera stops. When he goes, the camera goes. And just things like that. It's always, always, always in his films. I've really noticed that. And it is a very spot-on trademark of Wes Anderson. He also recasts a lot of characters in a lot of different films, like Bill Murray's and a lot of them, and so are Owen and Luke Wilson, of course, because those are his long-lost buddies <laughs> that he's had since college. And, oh my god, what is with the tape recorders? There are tape recorders in every movie, I swear. Like... Is just a constant motif. It's very interesting that all of them feel like they need to document something with a tape recorder. I don't know what it is. I don't know if uh, Wes Anderson like used tape recorders or uses them now. I don't know what it is, but he, there's, they're always in the movies. Always. It's weird. And lastly, I've noticed that he always uses frame within a frame. So it's just making... um. Like, your frame of your shot is with the camera and what the camera sees, right? And then within that, there will be something else, whether that be a window, like on the train in the Grand Budapest Hotel, or even windows in uh, the Royal Tenenbaums as well, even walls, things like that. Those will always make frame within a frame in his movies. And lastly, my favorite Wes Anderson movie, it has to be The Grand Budapest Hotel. I just love it so much. I can just watch it over and over and over again. And it is just so interesting how you can see the different times and how the hotel changes and how it's kind of like an inception of stories because we see the girl with her book and then that's by the author and then we see the author meeting Zero and then Zero tells his story of uh, oh my god what's his name <laughs> miss you or something but um it's just all their stories like with an inception within <laughs> each other so I just I really love it um they did a great job and I think it is a very um must see movie by Wes Anderson Alright you guys, let's wrap this episode up with This Week in Film History. 
On March 21, 1956, The Rose Tattoo wins three Academy Awards, including Anna Marini for Best Actress and Cinematography in Black and White. And March 21st, 1962, Matthew Broderick was born. You know Matthew Broderick from Godzilla. <laughs> so he was born on March 21st. And that was everyone's favorite segment, This Week in Film History. And now for our next one, Riddle Me This. Here is this week's riddle, and the answer to this riddle will be at the top of next week's episode. I'm tall when I'm young, and I'm short when I'm old. What am I? I'm tall when I'm young, and I'm short when I'm old. What am I? And that was Riddle Me This. Alright, you guys, why don't you tell me, is Wes Anderson a genius in your mind? Why or why not? Subscribe to this podcast. Please, please, please leave a review. Give us a share, a like. It really would mean the world to me. I love making these, so um, please get other people to listen to them so that we can all form a little community. You can contact us at Twitter and Instagram at DA Chronicles Pod all together and email us at DutchAngleChronicles at gmail.com. I hope you guys have an amazing (laughs) day, week, month, year, and I will see you guys on the next episode of the Dutch Angle Chronicles podcast. Bye!